Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. James Rodden is a timeless role model, one who's not afraid to follow your own weird, as he put it. In the face of enormous social pressures from family and community, he always followed his muse. Hence, his work is hard to categorize. His life mirrored his work, transcending boundaries of male and female, straight and gay, young and old. Poet publisher Jonathan Williams dubbed him Big Joy, and eventually he took on the name for himself. He lived a good life and many, and loved many people, and ultimately died a good death. Uh, I've he was a poet, filmmaker, uh, philosopher, um, and he is the subject of a new documentary called Big Joy, The Adventures of James Broughton. And we are here today with one of the co-directors. We'll name them all, but here is uh, we have Eric Slade, Don Logston, and also with us today, Stephen Silla. Stephen, welcome to Film School. Thanks, Mike. Thank you for being here. Uh, really enjoyed uh, the film um, for a, a number of reasons, um, not the least of which was I think I know a little bit about film, and I was not familiar, I'm sad to say, I was not familiar with James Broughton's work, so I appreciate uh, you bringing me uh, at least uh, up to uh, a certain level of understanding and appreciation of his work. Um, thank you for that, and it's a terrific documentary all, all across the board. It's got some great people talking about him and his life. Tell me about a little bit about your involvement, how you got involved, and then the involvement of your co- two co-directors, Eric and Don. Absolutely. Um, I met James Broughton um, at a Radical Ferry Gathering, which is a men's retreat uh, in Oregon in 1989 when he was 75. And I just was amazed at his liveliness and his uh, poetry that he read and he showed some of his films, which I had actually seen some of them uh, at the Museum of Modern Art ten years earlier. So this guy had already somehow gotten into my consciousness, but when I actually met him, he was a uh, kind of larger-than-life figure, and we were assigned to the same cabin at this gathering, so we ended up becoming friends. He became a mentor of mine. And um, after he died in 1999, ten years later, I really thought somebody has to do something about this guy's work because, as you said, it's not it doesn't fit into any one category. So uh, somehow he slipped between the cracks of a lot of cultural uh, bins that we're taught in school. Uh, so I really thought I would probably write a book because I'm a, a journalist and a writer, or had been primarily. But then when I started delving into his life and his material, he made 23 incredibly interesting and different and visual experimental films. And so I thought, this really has to be a film. And I called my friend Eric Slade, who had made a beautiful film called Hope Along the Wind, a documentary about Harry Hay, the founder of the Mattachine Society, the first gay political organization in the U.S., and also um, Eric had done a lot of work with PBS. So I asked him if he would be willing, interested in working with me on this film. He said, 
yes, as long as I don't have to raise any money. <laughs> so, uh, so I was kind of the prime mover in producing this film, but Eric gave it his all, his creative, incredible creative juices. And uh, we asked Don Logsdon, who had also edited his film, Hope Along the Wind, to uh, edit Big Joy. And she gave so much shape to the film that we really decided to give her a co-director credit. It, so it, that's how the film got three directors. And okay. in addition to the three directors, the people who made this film were all passionate about Broughton and his, uh, his creative legacy. Jamie Sieber and Evan Schiller, who, who wrote the music for the film, uh, Michael Mann, who did the animation, uh, Max St. Romain from Mexico City, who did a lot of the creative uh, work with the film as it came, in, came to shape both musically and graphically and just the whole feel of it. So it was a, it was a labor of love. And it comes off as that, um, and a real appreciation of his work and his life. I mean, and was it difficult uh, securing the footage? I, there's, there's a fair amount of footage um, in it of, uh, of pe- well, obviously the people you interviewed, but, you know, the time and, 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 uh, and interviews with him as well. Was it difficult uh, gathering up that? That uh... it was. We actually had four different researchers looking for archival footage and and still photos, um, and that ended up being much more difficult and expensive than I ever imagined it would be. For example, the the shot that we have that just is on the screen for a few seconds of Ferlinghetti um, putting the the book Howl in the in the window of City Lights Bookstore. Mm-hmm. I think. We had to pay at least a thousand, maybe fifteen hundred dollars for that, oh for that little chunk. Well, and, and let, let's go back. Let's look at the, his life, James Broughton's life here. Um, he um, he grew up. He was born in California. Grew up here. Spent uh, uh, came to San Francisco very early in life. Uh, that seems to have been the touchstone um, for his his travels is to come to be in San Francisco. Uh, and he was uh, grew up in a time uh, in the 40s and 50s. Tell us a little bit about the milieu, the time uh, that he was, uh, um, you know, as he grew up and became an artist, really a poet and then a filmmaker. Well, he went off to um, New York to become a dancer at <laughs> went in, in the 30s after he dropped out of Stanford, and um, he really thought he was going to be a dancer, but he he didn't as he says he wasn't able to to coordinate his movements with everybody else so <laughs> he that's, was always kind of an outsider that's kind of a key um, part of being a dancer is <laughs> that's kind of one of those exactly. things starting so around he went <laughs> off in the merchant marine he had a bunch of adventures yeah. he he went to florida and ghost wrote a book for for a woman uh but he came back to san francisco and was there uh during and after the world war 2 uh, he was able to get out of military service with a 4F for being homosexual. But, <clears throat> but he certainly went back and forth in his sexuality throughout his life. But he was there during this period called the San Francisco Renaissance, now known as the San Francisco Renaissance. Mm-hmm. started out as the Berkeley Renaissance. And it was this incredible creative explosion that happened after the war when poets and Filmmakers and architects and dancers and plays 
playwrights came together and did multidisciplinary work, both individually and together. And that spirit of that San Francisco Renaissance is one of the things that we're hoping the film Big Joy will reignite, the idea of artists collaborating with each other, putting on shows and salons for each other, and so forth. But interestingly, he then left in the 50s when the McCarthy era was happening and he was being asked to testify against his friends. Like many artists, he went to Europe from 1951 to 55 and made a film there, was actually celebrated in Europe for his poetic films, maybe more so than in the U.S., um, and then came back right after Allen Ginsberg had read Howell uh, and the beat movement so, so-called beat movement, grew. So he was there for that. Then the hippie movement started, and he, he, was, he made the quintessential hippie film, The Bed, in 1967. And then he became part of the gay liberation movement. So, James, the, the story that we tell embraces all these kind of historical periods where he was part of the leading edge. For, for people, by the way, I want to remind our listeners, we're speaking with Stephen Silla, the co-director, along with Eric Slade and Don Logsdon, of the documentary called Big Joy, The Adventures of James Broughton. Uh, Broughton. Uh, and it, I, for people who want to know more about his work, because one of the things I really would like to convey to our audience is uh, a lot of this work is definitely experimental, at least for that time. But it's it from what the clips I've seen of uh, that were in the film, it holds up. It holds up really well in in in, in ways uh, that I, you know, I don't know that I expected. Uh, tell the, the the film that sort of broke him, the one that you said when he went to Europe, was that Pleasure Garden? Was that the one that yes. sort of knocked uh, knocked him into that um, world renowned um, spotlight? Um, so. Is there is there a place where if people are interested in finding out more uh, and want to see some of his his films or all of his films, is there a place for for someone to go to see them? Yes, absolutely. They're available on DVD. Uh, not all of his films, but sixteen of them uh, are available on Netflix on DVD. Oh. And we're also selling the DVDs on our website, BigJoy.org. Okay. Okay, that good. Big joy, and I wanted to get to that. By the way, if people want to find out more about uh, the the film, they go to bigjoy.org, uh, and it's also available on iTunes. Uh, you Absolutely, can, you can watch it on iTunes. Absolutely, as well. so, and and several other platforms too. And you can also buy the DVD and, and, and from it's, us from, and from Kino Lorber, and and also very good and a fantastic distributor by the name of Kino Lorber. That's K I N O L O R B E R. Uh, they're a terrific outfit. Uh, a lot of great films from them. Uh, We're and also, happy to be working with them. Yeah. Yeah, they really are. There, there are, there are certain distributors who are just fantastic, and I would count Kino Lorber as one of those. Uh, it's also been rolling across the country. I know the last set, uh, the last time it played in a the- well, at least what I have listed here is in, was in Seattle, but uh, or no, Dallas. I'm sorry, but in Austin, Correct. Austin, Texas, and it August 27th, the Austin Film uh, Society screening room and then up in San Francisco in September early September September 4th at the Roxy September Theater. 4th and also the 10th in Berkeley and Berkeley okay well as it should be I would think this would be a, a place where it would receive a very warm reception um, but um, so so he so he is really uh, in the middle of a cultural uh, 
seismic change in the cultural perceptions uh, among American society here with the beats and then the and then the hippies if you want to the flower the flower power generation mm-hmm. if you will um and continued and there was a very interesting point in his career where after was it after pleasure garden he was given the opportunity to direct uh, a more mainstream american film is yes that, is that correct it's yes just, it's just interesting how true to himself uh, James Broughton was able, he did stay to himself, and that was seemed to be a key moment in his life. Uh, he was in a relationship at the time with Pauline Kael, uh, who, who they had a child uh, together with, uh, Gina. But what I found interesting was, well, tell us a little bit about the reaction from, I mean, obviously, well, tell us about that part of the history, because I found it fascinating. Well, The Pleasure Garden was, a, uh, I think, 45 minute 40 minute film that uh incorporated music and dancing and actors and so forth and he shot it in london in the ruins of the crystal palace uh and it included some stars uh hattie jack and john le le Mesure, who be- who went on to become classic british television stars actually uh and it was shot by the guy who also shot zorba the greek so it was like this it kind of took him into the realm where the film was the official British uh, entry in the Cannes Film Festival. And when Jean Cocteau, who was on the jury, saw the film, he thought, we need a new category for this film. It's so special and different. So he called it, he gave the film the Prix de Fantasy Poétique, the, the Poetic Fantasy Prize. Thank you. And it was after that that the Hollywood producers came to him and asked if he'd be interested in working on some films there, and he basically said no, because his angel had come to him when he was three and had told him he was a poet and always would be, and (laughs) he wasn't interested in getting into the business of Hollywood. I I think that's an amazing story, and if you can recall, uh, uh, what did uh, Jean Cocteau say to uh, him as he handed him the award? I thought this was perfect. Oh, yeah, he said, uh, congratulations, an American who made a French film in England. <laughs> <laughs> you know, bravo. Uh, bravo. <laughs> and, 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 and Cocteau was one of his, uh, one of his true uh, you know, heroes, it may be too strong a word, but it was someone he looked up to as a filmmaker and as an artist. So it was quite... A, Absolutely. Quite in fact, a, watching Cocteau uh, films, which I really hadn't done before I started this, I saw how many uh, derivative images there are in Broughton's films. Yeah. Well, well it it's a very uh, then thank you for that because I think for uh, for uh, listeners who may n- may not be familiar with James' work, Octo is a good reference point. It is. Mm-hmm. It is it's it's it thank you for that cuz it, it feels it feels like that although it's different it's a, certainly a, his own work but it does have that feel to it. And also the Lumières and you know the kind yeah. of the classic French cinema of the surrealist era. Yeah, the French fantasies, the French, yeah, poetry. I mean, th- these films are are filmed poems in some in many ways. They're very ethereal, at least what, you know, the things this this what I saw of it. Uh and there was another film that came along later on in his career that seemed to have a tremendous impact uh called The Bed. Uh, Absolutely. T- tell us a little bit of sort of the two films I think might he might be best known for. Absolutely. The Bed was the only one of his films that ever made any money. <laughs> it showed for a year in San Francisco as a short before the feature at a theater. 
And it was basically a bunch of San Francisco folks who were James's friends romping around and creating tableaus on this bed, which the film starts out with the bed rolling over the hills of Marin County. It spins around and Adam and Eve show up in the bed and, and then follow all these different things for which James later wrote a poem, The Song of the Bed, uh, that goes in part, everything important in life occurs upon a bed. It's where you lie when you were, <laughs> where you cry when you were born and where you lie when dead. <laughs> so he was kind of obsessed with this idea of the bed as a stage, and he made this film that was just the right timing because there was a lot of nudity in the film, and people had not seen this kind of, playful, joyous nudity before. Yeah, that's true. That absolutely was a... a, a yeah, and I mean, it seems tame by today's standards in, in many mm-hmm. ways, but at the same time, all of his work, all the work that I saw in this film, it was infused with this sense of joy and adventure, and, and, and it really was... It's very beguiling, if that's the right... I feel like that's the right word to use in, in describing his what I saw of his work, and it just, it's terrific. It's a terrific story. Well, again, I'm I'm sorry to say that I was not more, I wasn't familiar with his work, and so this has been a, it's been a joy for me, a big joy for me on, on a couple of levels to be able to find out more about James Rotten as well as this documentary itself. It's a terrific documentary, well done, and uh, congratulations to all three of you for, for the work. Thank you so much. I mean, I really wanted to show... Um that you can meet your soulmate at age 61 or any age and and still have a great life. And he also had a a really beautiful death, which I was uh, able to to be present for. He just, he he really, you know, he seemed to be the embodiment of of a man who was an artist from from the very beginning, three years old, being told by an angel that he is a poet. He, he, He certainly took it to heart, and he lived that life. He lived that life, and it seemed that he... Uh, did not, not want for anything. He had uh, he had all that he needed, and seemed to the very end to be an exceptionally happy man. It's true. I mean, he definitely went through dark periods in mm-hmm. his earlier life. But when I knew him for the last ten years, he was just a model of aging gracefully and joyfully. Yeah. Well, well, I want to thank you so much for being a part of this. Again, people can find out more about it about the film uh, Big Joy, The Adventures of James Broughton, they can go to bigjoy.org and find out more. Uh, there's also, you know, I have bigjoy.org slash twirl, seemed, uh, T-W-I-R-L. Yes, that, that, takes you, that takes you to the, to the homepage. Yeah, that's terrific, too. There's a lot of great information, background information on yourself and on James and just kind of a, a, the, a lot of the, the, uh, the, the details. And to find out more, you can check out his films, his films on iTunes, and you said Netflix as well. Absolutely, uh, and, and the DVD has an hour's worth of extras that give much more context and um, deleted scenes and more of his films that we had to cut out of the big joy. Okay, so, and they can find out by going to bigjoy.org. They can exactly. get you know, all that information as well. Well, uh, Stephen, thank you so much for being a part of Film School. Uh, I look forward to your future work as well, and hope you find some time. If you, uh, when you've got something else coming out, I'd love to, love to have another conversation. Thanks, Mike. It's an honor to be part of Film School. <laughs> thank you very much. Take care. Okay, Bye. bye-bye.
You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.